All right, you on the Arms Room Show with Glenn. And Drew. And Bravo. Wow, you guys did it in a reverse order right there. I don't like when people change things on me. Normally, it's Bravo and then Drew. No. Is it wow. always Drew and then Bravo? Wow. It's always. Listen up, So he just turned 40? No, no, no. Hold yeah. on a second. You just turned 40. No, listen up, Arms Room listeners. already seeing the change. <clears throat> just the change wow. I want to in let a day or two. And can we change Dave's name to Honey Dave now? Can he announce himself in as Honey heart, Dave? In my heart, Dave has always been Honey Dave. <laughs> I just want all and the in my trailer, listeners to know. And in my trailer, not I'm only, <laughs> not only am I, yeah, also in, in Dave's trailer when he and I are playing Uno. Wow. <clears throat> so, <laughs> wow. I also want to let you guys know I've been at the office for uh, a little while and drinking. I'm on like my fifth Coors. Beer, so just oh so you guys God. know, Curious? Coors. That's like water. Yeah, it is kind of. I have like water, water stronger than that. Oh my God. But it's all that's in the <laughs> fucking fridge. I put good beer in the fridge and everyone drinks my beer. And then they leave me this Coors Banquet, which I won't complain about because I actually don't mind Coors Banquet. It's yeah. not Coors Light, which is disgusting. Right. Yeah. Anyways, thank you, patrons, for supporting the show. We appreciate your support, not just for the show, of course, but of all the other things we do. You know, it's Stop the Bleed, it's security training for schools. Uh, it's all those things that we're able to do in our communities and in your communities as we travel. We're able to do that, quote unquote, for free because of patron support. So if you're not a patron of the show, but you enjoy the show, if you feel like you get something out of the show, for fuck's sake, it's $10 is our highest patronage a month. It's not that much. Just become a patron, man. Support the show. If you like it, $10 a month is $2.50 a show. Dave's voice alone is worth two fifty a week. How you doing? Two dollars and fifty cents. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's two hundred fifty. I don't think your voice is worth two hundred fifty dollars. Two dollars and fifty cents. Depends on what I'm saying. And it I'm is. Saying it is true. This is true. <laughs> um, what do we got coming up? Combatives Corner. Let's fire right into it. Go ahead, Dave. To just speak off a conversation that we were having, uh, or that was having the other day. When you're when you're seeking out, first of all, understand that. The word combatives is not is non-descriptive. It doesn't specifically point to a certain martial art. And here's what I would say, too. I would say that the majority, if not all, I, I, I can't say for all, I'm, I'm, I don't know, but the majority of combat tech skills, techniques, whatever, the majority of fight skills in general, they've all come from martial arts. Martial arts has been around for literally as long as, as mankind has been around. And we name them and we categorize them and we uh, regionalize them based on where they come from and all those kind of <laughs> things. They have certain emphasis and all that, but um, everything is martial arts. Even our shooting is martial arts. Archery is martial arts. It's, it's all warrior arts. That's what martial means, warrior, warrior arts. And so when you're going to look for martial arts, you may have some people say, well, this art is the best art. You should go train in this art or that art is the best art. Well, it really depends first on, like we've talked about before, what are you trying to accomplish and then find the arts that gear more towards that. But here's what I would tell you, what I truly believe, and that is that there are no best martial arts. There are best martial artists. Because I can take someone who's been training, for example, in Wing Chun Kung Fu for 30 years and put him up against an untrained person and he's going to clean, or even a person who's been training five years in, I don't know, Aikijitsu. So there's... you. There is a level of expertise that a person can bring to the table. However, I would say that based on what your skill set you're trying to develop, there are arts that are better for it. But here's the caveat. There is no one art that covers it all. That's why I don't train in just one art. That's why I don't <clears throat> teach just one art because I have yet to find an art that has all the best. They may have all components, but they never have all the best because it's just too much. It's just a. It's too big a – it's like saying – I am the best shooter of all guns. I mean, you can't say that. It's just mm -hmm. there's just too many. There's too many styles, too many platforms, too many weapon systems. I can't be good on all. So it would take a lifetime, times five, times ten. I don't know. Same thing in martial arts. And so, find out if someone's teaching something close to what you're trying to accomplish. And if you're not sure what that is, I would say very much like Glenn. Um, I I want a striking system. I want some kind of a grappling system, and I like a system that incorporates the right mindset. Whatever that, whatever that drives you to when it comes to combatives, that idea. <clears throat> so you may not find a school that teaches combatives, but they may teach, for example, at my schools, I don't tell people we teach combatives. I tell them that we teach 
Krav Maga, Muay Thai kickboxing, and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And that's a hybrid system that we teach. Um, so you get all three of those aspects to be well-rounded. Am I teaching people to be black belts in Jiu-Jitsu? No. Black belts in Muay Thai? No. Black belts in Krav? No. But as a hybrid system, they're, they're getting what I want them to get out of, what our emphasis is at our school, and that is combatives. So just keep that in mind. <clears throat> Combative Corner with Dave brought to you by Premier Martial Arts Scottsdale and Premier Martial Arts. And officially Gilbert. Peoria. And oh, Ooh, officially Gilbert. Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah, so yeah. Premier Martial Arts Scottsdale. No, dude, what the fuck? You remember when I was complaining about saying Premier Martial Arts Scottsdale and Premier Martial Arts? <laughs> you and I have to all say Premier Martial Arts Gilbert. You got to come up with SPG. Scottsdale, Peoria, and Gilbert. I don't know. SP, I don't know. We got to come up with something better. <clears throat> all right. The dynasty that is Premier the Martial Arts. The dynasty. The, ooh, the Premier Martial Arts dynasty. <laughs> Holy shit. That's fucking the empire. Good. I like that. All right. Uh, so I had a, a good phone call on the way here, on the way to the office, uh, with, with a listener. And I, w- I just want to remind you guys, like, I probably have phone calls, emails, text conversations, Instagram conversations, variety of different, you know, ways that you can communicate with us. With listeners of the show, I, I would say Damn near daily. I mean, I was teaching a Stop the Bleed class this weekend. There's a listener in there. I'm talking to him. You know, I'm teaching a class on Sunday. There's a listener in there. I'm talking to him about the show. Like, Com- always on Friday. We yeah, Combatters on Friday. Dave had a couple listeners in the show talking to him, like, dude, we are constantly talking to listeners. Do not be afraid to contact us. We have a listener who sends us news every week. We have a listener who sends us, you know, all kinds of uh, like funny anecdotal things we have listeners who who send or who like make shirts like uh one of our listeners uh dave i'll, I'll leave that at that and uh, made an amazing <laughs> shirt and wore it to combatives about dave taught me to fight an otter <laughs> so the point is and we've you know we had the the great listener who sent us the made us the, the frontier airlines your shit don't fit and we don't care shirt like we have amazing shit right like we we have great listeners who just send us amazing photos and great, you know, uh, uh, little merchandise things. And they come to our classes and they, and they call us and they email us. Like, if you have something to say to us, man, you want to talk to us. Like, I, I don't mind having a conversation with you. I drive a lot, all right? So I don't mind having a, a little conversation with you about, you know, books or, you know, training concepts or, you know, whatever, you know, personal shit. You got to want to get some shit off your chest. Like being old. Yeah. Being now that I'm old, uh, that, all those things <laughs> right now, I've joined the old league with Dave. Like now that I'm there. He's forgetful. Yeah. Forgetful. You guys want to, you know, talk about whatever being sore he in the gets morning. He days of the week mixed up. Yeah. Any of those kinds of things. He told one of the other instructors a different day for class today. So he's but really losing You it. know what, man? Oh, man. Wow. That was well, around. A few, more, a few more beers will, beers will help. <laughs> that was around three beers in, all right? So, I mean, you know, whatever. We've made it happen, okay? We all, as a team, we got the right date assembled, all right? So, but anyways, my point is, like, we enjoy the feedback. We enjoy the feedback from listeners, and we also enjoy the feedback from students. You know, we got a great email this past week. Um, I don't think I've shared this with you yet, Dave, but we had this great email from one of our IFAC students that um, witnessed a very traumatic <coughs> vehicle accident wherein the the driver of one of the vehicles basically crushed her larynx um, or trachea on the steering wheel. Mm. And not a whole lot you can do for that in the field, but but through his patience, through his confidence, through his just will to be involved, his, his ability to be involved, he managed to open her airway got her breathing, got her calmed down. She's screaming and crying and choking and coughing up blood um, and, and unable to move, unable to exit the vehicle. He's very smashed up. And he's able to be there. It took 25 minutes uh, for a, a local fire department to get to this accident location. And he was able to be there the whole time, helping her manage her airway, help, helping her stay calm. You know, by the time that they showed up, she was she – was, more relaxed. She was breathing better. She, you know, she was, and he's going, he's emailing us going, I don't, I don't know if I really did anything. You know, he's like, I brought my IFAC to the scene and I didn't even open it up. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You didn't do anything. Imagine if that woman would have been face planted into that freaking steering wheel, how you found her with a crushed fucking trachea, not an open airway, coughing and screaming and crying and bleeding for 25 fucking minutes alone. 
He literally could have saved her life by mm-hmm. what he did. You you may have very well saved her life. Yeah. Those kinds of feedback things to us, we don't look at that and go like, oh, look what we did. We look at that and go, look what our people did. I get a great you know, text message from one of our students this week who shot and killed her first deer. Hmm. Like, I fucking love it, man. You know what I mean? She's telling me the story, and then I got a chance to, to see her in person on Sunday, and she's telling me the story, and, and I'm just drinking it in. You know, I fucking love that shit. She's like, well, it's all because of, you know, your precision rifle class. I go, no, it's not. Are you fucking kidding me? It's not at all. You put in for tags. You did your hunter shit. You went out and found the animal. You yeah, you went out and found the, him. We don't you, teach that in precision You pressed rifle. the trigger. Like, no, it has nothing to do with that. Like that animal. For a, a one-second fucking period when you were, like, lining up and, like, controlling your breathing and pressing the trigger, maybe something one of us said helped you. But ultimately, you took the in- information and you went out and you applied it in the real world. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. I love getting feedback from students. I don't love when students have to kill people. No. And that's happened over the years a number of times. I- I'm always more concerned about the student than I-, than I am about the story. They're like, let me tell you the story. I'm like, I don't really care about the story. How are you? You know, like, I, right. whatever. Dead people are dead people, man. Fuck them. You know, but like, how are you? And I don't love that part of the job. It does happen, but it's not my favorite part. My favorite part is when people help people or people, you know, do something cool, like get their first, you know, animal. I mean, like I had a hunter one time. I trained for about, I don't know, probably two or three private sessions, different hunting, shooting positions and all this, you know, go down to Mexico and kill this beautiful freaking mule deer that were a shot that no one else in his group could have possibly taken. And he shoots this, you know, 550 yard shot off a pack between two branches and everyone's like, holy shit. You know, and he's going, man, this is all because you're training. Go, No, it's not. This is all because you did all the things that were necessary to prepare for this hunt. A portion of that, a small portion of that was coming to training and learning how to use your equipment better. But then another portion of that was like, I don't know, getting off your fucking ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> like going outside, going hunting, getting a tag, traveling to another country. Like being in shape enough to go hunt. Being in shape enough to go do that. You know, it's cold weather. You're out there with your gear, your, your buddies. You hunted for four fucking days before you even got this buck. Don't tell me that what we did got you that buck. You got that buck. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I've got a, a hundred, a thousand stories at this point over the years with that kind of stuff. And I love it, man. I love hearing how people take a portion of what we can do, apply it to the 100% of what they go do, and have success. Well, it's also, too, I think, a little frustrating being on this side of the training environment because we get emails, we hear stories on a regular basis Mm -hmm. of all of the things Mm -hmm. we teach being used in the field. Mm -hmm. But people come to our classes... And they can't imagine using any of this stuff. Right. And we're trying to convince them of, dude, this can happen to you tonight. It can happen to you tomorrow. I mean, when one of our own instructors severs his radial artery completely and needs to get <laughs> life flighted to a hospital, yeah. but the only reason why he's able to do that and manage it fine is because tourniquet. Yeah. And and we get to tell, I mean, they, again, just like we teach you, yeah, they went there, they sewed it up, they stitched him up, and they sent him home the same night. Mm-hmm. And he was fine. I doubt that he got even remotely excited about the whole thing. Mm. He's like, oh, I got a tourniquet, throw it on there, let's go. You know, like, so when you hear, even within our own family, and it wasn't even a shooting thing, it wasn't a fighting thing, it was no. just a, a weird, a crazy thing that happened. And yet, you know, when we try to communicate this, it's like, you could be next. Yeah. Or the, or you could be in a situation <clears throat> where someone else is next and you're right there. And and uh, you almost want, like, you want to shake a little bit, like, take this stuff more seriously. And in that vein, jumping into the news, we got that road rage situation in Portland, which mm. has been all over social media, certainly in the news, uh, where this this guy, he shoots another driver involved in a road rage situation and then shoots a guy who's videoing him. And the guy who's videoing and photoing him and everything, literally there's a fucking photo. I'm looking at it right now. There's a photo of this guy <laughs> pointing a gun. Have you seen the photo? No. Dude, fucking check this out. Look at this, Drew. Look at his photo. That's a fucking dude dead next to his car. You see that? Wow. Yeah. And the gun getting pointed at the guy who's photoing a video. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. That's a crazy fucking photo. 
Wow. I mean, he's literally pointing the gun out the window of the car as he smoked this other fucking driver and then ends up shooting um, this, this other guy. So my point, here's the point to stories like that. Look at situations like Portland, Minneapolis, New York, uh, Seattle, San Francisco. Look at all these big cities that are being, you know, that cops are stopping responding to minor crimes. We talked about this last week with shoplifters getting tackled by people are getting fucking sick and tired in these cities of getting victimized. And then the problem is because they lack this training we're talking about, because they lack this mindset that we're talking about. They're making the wrong decisions. These places are literal ticking fucking time bombs, man. And things like this are more and more likely. So remember a couple of points. One, you don't know how far someone's willing to go and how fast they're willing to get there. You guys have heard me say that a hundred thousand times on the fucking show. All right. Be careful with who you piss off. Secondly, when you're in these kinds of cities, like when Drew and I have to travel to a lot of these cities to do training and stuff, I act differently. I like literally don't interact with people. I fucking don't. We've been, dude, this year I've been to Seattle, Portland, Minneapolis, San Francisco, Seattle, Sacramento. You know what I mean? Like I've been to all these fucking big crazy cities. I've been to all of them. And I don't interact with people. I like get my rental car through at the at the airport and I drive out of there. If I have to stop to get gas or something like that, I like get out of my car. I don't initiate, I don't engage, I don't conversate, I don't do shit because I know these places are ticking time bombs and people there are on edge uh, on either side of the fence. So be very, very careful. And the last thing, especially in this case is what the fuck is this guy doing? Videoing and taking photos. Everyone's such a fucking faggot on their phone trying to get likes and comments and new subscribers or followers or whatever that they're like, oh, I want to video this and post it. Like, first of all, no one gives a fuck about your <coughs> stupid, meaningless life. Stop posting your stupid shit. No one fucking cares. Second of all, this you are putting yourself in fucking danger. In no shit danger. When you are, I see these people videoing and taking photos and shit of, of riots and all this stuff. And it's like, oh yeah, it's neat to be able to see footage of that. But dude, these people are putting themselves in danger without the capability to get themselves out of danger. They don't have the combatives. They don't have the verbals. They don't have the medical. They don't have the shooting. They, you know, they, don't, case, they don't understand they don't the law. The, they, don't, they may not even know the law. And now this guy's getting fucking shot. It was like the, the thing we talked about last week where that guy's like, you know, doing his little pranks, videoing people and coming yeah. up to him, what the fuck, you know, like being an asshole. And then he ends up getting shot. And I was like, oh, is it worth shooting someone? You're goddamn right it's worth shooting. <laughs> Get your fucking faggot ass face out of my fucking space. I didn't, I don't deserve this. You do not have a right to come up and confront me like that. Fuck you. If you get shot, you fucking deserve it. The end. It's it's insane. This this brings me back to that that thing that Chris told me, who is a longtime veteran police officer with the Phoenix Police Department, and we were having a conversation, and, and uh, he said people get mixed up with this is what I could do, and this is what I should do. Right. This guy, if you look at the photos and you look at the scene, he could have easily driven away. Easily. He had no mm. justifiable reason to shoot this guy. He, as a matter of fact, he rolled his own window down. The only barrier <clears throat> he had between he and mm -hmm. this other guy, and he rolls it down. Yeah. He didn't even shoot through the window. No. Like, if you're in threat of your life, <clears throat> shoot through the window. Yeah. Yeah. So he just committed murder. Oh, 100%. And, and, and why? And now he's going to be sitting in a jail cell asking himself, not asking, but realizing none of that was worth it. But I just, I just died. And still the guy? Still dead. Yeah. Right? Like, the point being is you don't know how far someone's willing to go, and you know how fast they're willing to get there. Yeah. So both. Don't walk up to the stupid car. I mean, you don't got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like, keep your shit in check, hey. and don't fucking confront. You don't know what they're willing to do. I was turning in here today, right? It's like, and this is me. Here's a little insight about Glenn. All right? I've said all kinds of shit on the show that would damn Wait, me. Is this something you should be saying? This think, is think. this is something that my friend Miles Schneider would <laughs> not recommend I say on the show. But here's the truth, right? So that you, I want to help you guys. I want you to think about this, okay? 
I'm turning in today. I'm trying to change lanes, right? This guy like will not, I'm trying to turn to the office. The guy will not, like I got my blinker on, I'm being polite, right? It's like, there's no one behind him. I'm like, dude, just speed up or slow down, but like, let me in the lane, right? And I'm talking, I'm trying to turn in like a a quarter mile, you know, five, 600 yards at least before. This guy's like not letting me in. It's like, I slow down, he slowed down. I'm like, come on, man, you know? So I speed up. So finally I'm like, look, dude, my truck has turbo in the name, all right? I'm going to get in front of you. So I fucking drop the hammer. And you drop a whole bunch of black smoke all over his car. Yeah, that's always fun. Why you can't because of the goddamn death. Oh. Yeah, I can't fucking coal roll anybody, goddamn it. I can't. I do it all the time. I know, I know, because you got the the death bullshit. So anyway, I can't can't fucking roll coal anybody because I'd have that stupid SVG system. So as soon as (laughs) the warranty is over, I am chipping that shit. I'm getting rid of my death so I can live my dream of rolling coal on people. But but anyways, I... uh, I, I'm like, fuck this, right? So I turbo up in front of him, and then and now I'm like... Now you got to stop and turn. And now I'm like fucking 50 <laughs> yards away from the turn, so i got to slam on my fucking brakes and go to turn. And here's the other thing. Like, Who's the a-hole now? Okay, here's the thing. I don't want to be an asshole, but here's the thing, all right? My truck is fucking huge, all right? And this guy is driving so a little car. So huge, I broke my ankle. And so, and so me, I'm always like, look, <laughs> Drew's heard me say this. I go, hey, me big, you small. Get the he fuck out of my way. All, all right, you know what I mean? Like, dude, I will drive over your car and not even real. There's a monster truck I'm driving right here, right? You tried driving over a rock and that didn't well, I, well. well, the problem with the rock is it's real <laughs> solid and I didn't do that, all right? I did not fucking do that. Hey, it's a very solid I piece know. of... I was the one that had to drive him home from his birthday. Yeah, that is true. Well, so, so I drive it again. Ugh. Yeah, she did get to drive it again. And Ugh. she didn't wreck us. I was fe- <laughs> That's part of the reason I didn't get drunk you got sober before we real drove. Fast. Exactly. Okay. I was just like, I'm just going to stay drunk for this whole he trip. He passed out. Well, you I were to, sleeping. I didn't want to be awake for what was about to happen. <laughs> so so anyways, I, I fucking fly and slam. And this guy like, you know, of course now he's got a haul on the brakes, right? And he like honks at me. And in like everybody thinks this. I'm not the, I'm just, look. People listen to the show because I say what they're thinking, all right? Yes. And here's what I'm, I'm like, wrong dude, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, yep. if you and I were not in vehicles and you don't get to like, and flip me the bird and fucking drive past me, if we were individuals talking to each other, I would fucking rip your head off, shit down your neck. I'd go fuck your dead wife's body. You know what I mean? Oh like, you don't God. know what I'm fucking willing to do. You know what I mean? I'll burn your house down and shoot your fucking family as they run out. You have no idea what I'm willing to fucking do. You know what I mean? I'll kill your fucking dog and I'll throw his blood all over your children as they walk to school. You have no clue. You have no clue what I'm willing to fucking do. And this do. is when you know Glennie said too many beers. No, this, this is Miles' cringe. Oh, God damn it, Glenn, why are you saying these things? Here's my point. He's okay. just explaining his dreams. I'm not really going to do these things. But here's my point. You don't know what someone's willing to do. We do now. Yeah. Or, no. You guys, remember. Remember. Everything that I say is what I say. Imagine Wait. the things that, that I don't say. These are supposed to be inside thoughts. Honey. No. Inside thoughts. Babe, these aren't even the worst thoughts that I have. You know what I mean? So my point is, is that you don't, you don't know somebody you don't know what they're willing to do most people are like okay whatever right like that guy flips me off and like whatever moron right and i drive into here and i just go along with my day i'm not still upset about it or anything i'm just like what an idiot i'm telling the story for everybody because they under everybody thinks these things right my oh, yeah. point is there's people who don't just fucking think these things right they will follow you home yep they will fuck you up they'll try to run you off the road they'll they will follow you home See where you live and then follow your kid to school the next day and fucking run them over. Look at those two shitheads we talked about the other day, right? They they ran down that retired police chief dude yep. for fun. Yeah. They ran him down for fun and killed him. Yeah. These they're these fucking animals are out there. You don't know who's out there. That's why we carry guns. That's why we carry med kits. That's why we carry blades on us, right? This is why we do it. We don't do and it. drive big trucks. This is why we drive big trucks. Like, this is why we do these things. Right. Because we don't know what we're coming up against. There's a reason I have body armor in my truck. There's a reason I have a med kit in my truck. There's a reason I have survival tools in my truck. There's a reason I have an air compressor attached to my truck and extra tools. And uh, there's all kinds of shit I keep in my truck. Why? Because I don't know how far someone's willing to go and how fast they're willing to get there. Well, and for the first time, I'm seriously considering a truck a truck gun, which I don't I 
I've never really believed in that. Yeah, same. But these days, I mean, I, I, I'm not there yet, but I'm getting closer. Well, you look at what's going on with Israel, right? I don't really want to spend a lot of time on Israel because we could do a whole fucking show about this. But yeah. look at this, right? This is the second time in just a couple of years that a quote-unquote civilized country is being invaded. And people are being killed. Folks, it's really important that you understand that men, women, and children today, right now, in a civilized first world country with like electricity and the internet and shit, that is well armed, are being mercilessly slaughtered. Yeah. It is incredibly important that you fucking understand that. The Ukrainians learned it, the Israelis are learning it, coming soon to a theater near you. Well, and one of the things that it was painful to see this was Israel encouraging their citizens to go get guns. Yeah. It's like, you shouldn't have done it in the first, you shouldn't have encouraged them. They should already have guns. They should yeah. have taken them away in the first place. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where we're headed, people. So Ukraine did that. They took the I guns away. And then when they got invaded, they're handing them out. They're handing them out. And they're like, please fucking fight back. And these people are like, I don't know which end is the bad part, you know? So that's and, where you get, that's where you run into that problem of now people, you're handing people guns that don't necessarily know how to use to them. Do? And then they will kill and it's a people by accident. Or they just don't. can't use them. Or they don't do anything. they don't have the guts to do it. And now you have Israel running the same situation. And everyone's really touting, like, you know, this couple, right? This kind of famous couple that's being talked about that, you know, slaughtered these, like, seven militants to mm -hmm. save their twin boys. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, that when I read that story, did you read that story? I'm sure you did, right? Mm -hmm. When I read that story, I, you know, being the father of twins, like, I, I looked at it and I was just like, man, what would I do? Like, how many dead bodies would be at my threshold? <laughs> and, and I don't know, right? I don't know the answer. I'd like to think it'd be like, this fucking wall, you know what I mean? Like, you wouldn't even know how many dead bodies I can create. But here's the reality, right? People are, uh, these, peop these people are throwing, <laughs> yeah, they're throwing fucking grenades at you, maybe. I don't yeah. know. You know what I mean? They're hitting me with fucking RPGs yeah. and shit. Like, here's the thing, guys. I'm a, I'm a pretty badass dude, right? Like, I've survived a lot of shit in my life. I've done a lot of things in my life. I figured out a lot of shit in my life. I'm very fucking proficient at, at, at this shit, but I am only so good. I'm only so fucking good. Yep. And I'll be honest, that couple dying with seven bodies at the threshold, I'm impressed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seven dead terrorists at your threshold? Yeah. Dude, I'm impressed. Yep. And yet they're still dead. And if you don't think that's not coming soon to you, you're a fucking moron. We have the White House right now beginning construction on a new Mexican border wall. Why could that be? Now, here's something that a lot of you guys may not know about me. I've spent a significant amount of time on the Arizona-Mexican border, all right, for a variety of different reasons, which I could literally do an entire fucking show about. I've done everything from contract work to private security work to my own meanderings, all right? Mm -hmm. And I will fucking tell you this. The number of prayer rugs that I personally have found, the number of Islamic individuals that I have personally been in contact with is fucking frightening. Yep. It's fucking frightening. Yeah. And now we have this shit coming across the border still. Well, and what it tells us is... As, as out of control as our government has ever been, it's never been worse than that. They are complete. They have lost control of this country. They have, no, they have zero control of what's yep. happening. And and now they're trying to backtrack because mm -hmm. elections coming up, and it's too late. And I think the problem is we're gonna have terrorists come across our border. They're gonna fucking shoot up schools. They're gonna kill kids. They're gonna Hamas this shit. Yep. And then who's gonna be to blame? The same motherfuckers who left the border open. And law-abiding gun owners. Because they're never going to look at the the people who are doing this. They're going to say, "Well, that was a ter no." They ter where'd they get the ter where'd the terrorists get the guns? Right. Get rid of the guns. Fast and Furious. <laughs> oh wait, what was that? <laughs> Shift yeah. gears a little. An estimated eleven thousand Ontarians died waiting for surgeries and scans in the past year. So socialism at its best. Healthcare. When you talk about free healthcare, I always love when stupid, uneducated, smooth-brained idiots. Liberals, mostly Democrats, you know, people you know in your life, talk about we need free health care. <clears throat> health care is a right. What the fuck did you just say to me? Absolutely not. 
Healthcare is not a right. It's a fucking privilege. And you should fucking pay for that privilege. I pay for that privilege. Dave pays for that privilege. Drew pays for that privilege. We pay for the privilege of quality health care. I don't go to free slave care. If you go to free slave care, and my veteran brothers, I'm talking about the VA. And if you don't think that the VA is socialized fucking health care, you're a moron and you deserve all of the horrible fucking things that the VA is fucking doing to you. Every time I hear about somebody going like, the VA's fucking me, I laugh in their face. I laugh in their face. I'm like, why are you still going? Because I earned it, brother. Shut the fuck up up with that fucking ironed shit. Really? You earned it? What, you do a bunch of free shit? I fucking got paid, you idiots. Why the fuck do you think you earned anything that the average American didn't earn? Oh, I'm sorry. Were you fighting for freedom? You know, freedom in what, Afghanistan? Or maybe maybe you're fighting for freedom in Iraq. Fight them there so we don't have to fight them here, brother. Like, that fucking shit is so goddamn gay. I'm like, dude, let me guess. You went to public school. All I need to know (laughs) about you, if you say that shit to me, is you went to fucking public school. You still march to the fucking beaten drum of patriotism in America and all that shit because you don't actually understand liberty. You don't actually understand freedom. And you still think it's honorable and glorious and wonderful that you served the crown. You fucked people around the world. That's all you fucking did. And you pretty much did evil. And all that we fucking done with this socialized fucking healthcare shit is the same shit. So anytime someone starts talking about free healthcare to me, I point at the VA system, which has killed more of my friends than it has helped. Yep. More of my friends are dead because of the VA than alive because of the VA. And more of my friends are crippled. And I don't mean crippled because the VA cut their legs off. I mean it took their will to live. It took their soul. It took their fighting power. It took their ability to be self-sufficient by giving them free money and, and convincing them that calling themselves disabled was beneficial to them. That's what it did them. It stole their soul for money, and it convinced them that it was the right and honorable and righteous thing to do. More of my friends are dead because of socialized health care, dead in their souls or dead in their bodies, than will ever be saved by socialized health care. So if you still think that socialized health care is a solution, if you're a patron, I'll give you a refund for every dollar you've ever fucking paid for us. Please let me know via email. I'm happy to send you a fucking refund. Because I don't want you listening to my fucking show. That's not freedom. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> now, you're, now you're a freaking dictator. You turn 40 <laughs> and you become a dictator. Now I'm a dictator. Oh, good news for Dave. Let's, get, let's start on that. Maybe don't get so sad. Woman becomes first human to be fitted with nerve and bone-fused bionic limb. This is really fucking cool. A this Swedish is a bionic <clears throat> woman in real life. She is a no-shit bionic woman. A Swedish woman named... <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I didn't pre-read all of this article, I admit, because I just realized this woman's name is Karen. All right, so... Oh, a Swedish, a Swedish woman named... named a bionic Karen. Now, now wow. The, the good news is it's, it's Karen with an I, which means... Corinne. It's Corinne. Corinne, maybe we could go with that. Corinne uh, has become the first person to ever receive a below-the-elbow prosthetic that fuses bone with metal and electrodes. An incredible feat of robotics and biology. It's seen to represent an eventual gold standard of prosthetics and has encouraged the interdisciplinary science team to believe it will be available to other amputees in other circumstances in the future. None of this will ever be available to VA patients, so I hope you enjoy <laughs> your poor-fitting fucking prosthetic. All right, and you <clears> don't <throat> want this girl playing with your junk. Yeah, also, yeah, she <laughs> bionically, bionically crush her nads. <laughs> mechanic, mechanical, mechanical. Especially she gets excited. Yeah. She's like, oops, sorry. About and that. she she lost her right arm in a farming machinery accident twenty years ago. Oh man, and it was one awful. of those who decided against existing prosthesis. A multiple. Uh, let me see. Well, let me skip ahead here. Um, She's an engineer, says her groundbreaking bionic arm has reduced the terrible phantom pain she used to feel and has been life-changing in returning her capabilities in everyday life and regaining her independence. And, of course, the article goes on for quite a fucking while talking about the capabilities of bionic arms. Wow. Dude, this is cool shit. Yeah. I know a lot of people who are amputees for any variety of reasons, and they would love to have some fucking function back. Yeah. For sure. <clears throat> Just for the sheer 
flex, the agility or the adversity or not adversity, but uh, diversity to be able to, you know, get a limb do back. A thing. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's limited, pick what you something can do. up. I mean, to grab and pick up like a beer can, for example. Things we take for take a drink so <laughs> of water. <laughs> yeah. I've never drank alcohol while doing the show, Dave. I've never done that. <laughs> Independence training gear moment, hot barrels throw rounds. This is something that is uh, an often mistaken concept for people. Look, if you have a tapered hunting barrel, you've got 8 to 12 rounds uh, before your barrel's so damn hot it's going to start fucking throwing shit over the place. All right? You know, barrel whip's a real thing. Metallurgy is a real thing. The hotter metal gets, the more flexible it becomes, and the more it starts to throw rounds. And I was reminded this today. I was out shooting uh, a little 16-inch heavy-barreled AR I have um, after I had, I had done a, a private class this morning. And I was like, hey, I want to test this ammo real quick. And I was testing some M855A1 mm-hmm. through this barrel. Like, okay, I just want to see where it hits, right? Hmm. And it was, like, solid. Like, out to 500 yards, I'm just bang, bang, banging away. And all of a sudden, I'm throwing fucking rounds all over the place. And I realize I've gone through, like, 90 rounds of ammo. Oh, wow. And my barrel is so fucking hot because of that i can't even touch round, it right because yeah. already the round is incredibly hot yeah. i can't even touch this thing it's a fucking cook bacon cook an egg type hot right Whew. and it's so damn hot that i'm like oh yeah i'm like shit let me pull a fucking boar snake through it and clean it real quick i go to spray some cleaner it's sizzling <laughs> i like spray it's sizzling it's cooking the cleaner down the barrel i can't even get it to drip out the end because it's it's just cooking all of the cleaner off and i'm like this barrel is too hot to fuck with you know so i'm like fuck it i'm just going home so you know i just drove home but my point being is don't forget man how hot barrels can get especially with really high speed ammunition and hot barrels start throwing rounds we see this with our students all the time especially in precision rifle classes with like tapered hunting barrels they're like hey man what's going on with my rounds it's like dude if your barrel's too hot to touch it's too hot to shoot and that can happen in as little as eight to ten rounds on a easily, tapered barrel easily especially with higher higher velocity rounds yep. and certainly even the heavy barrel like, oh don't worry i got a heavy barrel it's like man even if you have a heavy barrel at some point in time that barrel's going to be too damn hot. If it's ever too hot to touch, it's too hot to be accurate with. So don't forget, hot barrels throw rounds. <clears throat> Independence Training Gear Moment brought to you by TrainingAZ.com. All right, finally, our topic for the day. Why there is so much CPR training and not trauma training. I kind of included in this the great insurance scam, but ultimately what I want to the talk about. The great government scam. The great government scam, absolutely. <laughs> so... This scam that we're talking about with, like, CPR training. Here's what most people don't understand. Like, first of all, the the answer to the question of why is there so much CPR training and not trauma training, all right? It It is my belief, and this is what we teach through our own training courses, that, like, you have been taught. We'll ask this question before when class starts. We'll be like, all right, everybody, raise your hand if you trust the government. And no one ever raises their hand. And they're like, but... Since you were a little kid, you've been taught to do what in an emergency? Call 911. And 911 is, and it's interesting in a class to watch people make the connection. Like, you can literally watch them make the connection like, oh, shit, 911 is the government. And you're like, yes. And what else have they taught you? Through these certification programs that they fucking require. Through OSHA and MSHA, oh my God, all government organizations. What have they fucking required? Through the insurance, required government insurance. What have they taught you? That if you don't wear gloves, you're going to get AIDS. If you help someone, you're going to get sued. Right? All this bullshit that's not fucking true. If you move someone, you're going to cripple them. Don't help. Call us. Don't help anyone. Call us and we'll come help. It's all a giant bullshit scam to scare you out of not helping. It's the same thing with certifications. Certifications are no different. It's like if you don't ask for consent and you touch someone, they're going to fucking sue you. No, that's not fucking true. First of all, it's not true for this reason. Everyone except for one person that I have helped as a lay responder in my life has desperately wanted my help. 
So that's thing number one. And the other guy was a drunk fucking piece of shit that I hope he died. Other than that, everyone else has desperately wanted my fucking help. Second, number of times I've been asked my name or any relevant information. Zero. No one has ever asked. Not one fucking time and has anyone a, ever said. You have a stage name anyway. <clears throat> yeah. Philip Dong is my stage name. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but it used to be Jack Mehoff, but then I would slur it sometimes and say Jack Mehoff, and then people would try to take me up on the offer. It's very uncomfortable and awkward, so now it's Philip Dong. But the point is, is that people don't fucking care. When fire or police show up, they're not like, what's your name and rank? No one fucking cares. Do you have any certifications? Dude, anytime they've been medically helping and cops show up, they're all like, do you know what you're doing? You go, yeah. And they go, fucking thank God. Mm -hmm. So that they can go do cop things and not medic things. And then when fire EMS shows up, they're all like, yo, you're good. Thanks. Bounce. We got it from here. And then you just go get in your car, walk away or whatever. Like they don't care. They do care that you're helping. They don't want to fuck you over for that. Yeah. And so, like, the government through these certification organizations has terrified people through basic CPR, first aid, et cetera. Don't move people. You're going to get sued. You're going to get a blood-borne pathogen if you touch blood. Like, you guys don't you – know, you know what fucking other people's blood I've had on my body? More than I'd like to recount, to be honest. And I have no blood-borne pathogens. That you know of. I think. <laughs> so I think all my STDs kill my bloodborne pathogen in an epic battle. No. <laughs> no. But my point is like I have I don't I've never received a communicable disease from anybody that I've helped. The world is not full of just diseased rats. I'm not EMS working in in, in the shit part of San Francisco. Or, or South Chicago or whatever. Like, if you're EMS working that, yeah, man, you should wear a fucking hazmat suit. And they're also dealing with a dozen or more calls a day. You're dealing with one call every six months, maybe. maybe. You know, I mean, yeah. yeah. So the whole idea that I'm even coming in contact with all of this is, is so minute. Not that, I mean, but hey, carry gloves. That's fine if you want to. I'm not saying don't carry gloves. But, yeah, the idea that the scare tactics are definitely there. And those scare tactics are so heavy through these certification programs and they've taught people i mean i saw it yesterday in ifac lifesaver there's this gal in class you know she's like really into everything she is super into everything and then we put her in the scenarios and she's like damn like after the first couple scenarios she's like i was like so scared to move the patient because years and years and years of being told don't move the patient or you'll break their back. Like, you're not fucking Chuck Norris, dude. You're not just snapping spines all over the place, dude. You're not going to break someone's fucking back because you pulled them out of a dangerous environment. Plus, I don't know, you're pulling them out of a dangerous environment. Maybe that's more important than being worried about whether their back is broken. People have lived for weeks, months, having broken backs and not even knowing about it until they finally go get a check and, and some doc is like, bro, your fucking back is broken. I mean, Drew lived for two weeks with a broken ankle and didn't even fucking uh. know it. My point is, like... Well, we knew something was well, wrong. Well, we knew something was wrong, but we didn't know it was, like, broken. We My, thought it was a little higher, the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, babe, stop being a pussy. But, <laughs> but, but it's like, the point being is, like, people... It, it's it it's insane how people think that certifications are so needed. You know, it's interesting when we're helping people and people be like, were you an EMT? I'm like, let me... Fucking pump your brakes right there, kid. All right? You Being should be glad I'm not an EMT. What the fuck? All right? I don't give a fuck if you're an EMT. Let me say that slower for the people in the back. I don't give a fuck if you're an EMT. It means nothing to me. If you're a paramedic, it doesn't mean anything to me. What kind of EMT? What kind of paramedic? What kind of nurse? What kind of doctor? Because when I'm helping someone in a vehicle accident on the side of the road, when it's raining and dark and muddy, and a proctologist doctor shows up, it's not exactly what I'm fucking looking for right now. Unless this guy's got a butthole problem, I don't really give a goddamn if you're a fucking proctologist. Now, if you're a trauma doc, get in here, pal. I fucking need you. Yeah. My point being is there's a variety of different types of EMTs or paramedics or whatever. If you've been riding an ambulance for 10 years, picking up fat people and helping old ladies up, 
I don't give a fuck about your fucking experience when I'm in the middle of an oh my god fucking accident where someone's arm is missing. Yep. I don't give a shit. Do you have relevant experience or not? Your certification doesn't mean a goddamn. What it means is that you went through a shitty fucking government mandated certification program wherein you learned, quote unquote learned, I'll say remembered and regurgitated and forgot a large majority of information that you will never use in the fucking real world. And everybody continues to do these certification programs because they're required in order to do a thing. It's no different than when someone says, I'm an NRA certified firearms instructor. Oh, I'm dear like, Lord. that literally tells me nothing. What that means is that you have a pulse. That's it. Because I went through, I'm, I have like five NRA certifications. I have a couple USCCA certifications. I have American Red Cross, American Heart Association. I could fucking go on. You know how many fucking certifications I have as an instructor? A fucking lot. You know what they mean? Dick. How many people have ever asked you about any of those <clears throat> certifications? The ever. insurance companies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. What a connection. <laughs> people who require them, like our corporate clients who require to have American Heart Association or American Red Cross or whatever, right? Those people who got like, hey, we have to have the because it's required by OSHA. Yeah. Oh, you mean another government organization that requires these certifications? The whole thing is a goddamn scam. Here's – if you need no other evidence – Here's something not a lot of people know. For us to issue an American Red Cross, I'm just going to use them as an example, first aid, CPR, AED type certification. Thirty Is it $36 now, Drew? Uh, I think it's 38 <clears throat> 38 bucks. It's between 36 and 38 It's right around on which one you get. Let's just say it's 40 bucks. Let's add a couple minutes of administrative time and say for every single person that we certify, it costs us $40. We go onto their website. Here's what we do. We hit create class roster. We type in class name, class location, and then we start filling out student information. It pre-populates that information onto a PDF, which it sends. It doesn't even send a real card anymore. It sends a PDF file to the person that they can print out at their own discretion, right? That, co- that costs us basically 40 bucks just to do that. And where does all that money go, Glenn? Yeah, fucking shocking because <laughs> I'm going to get into that next. Here's an example of like, let's talk about Stop the Bleed. Now, Stop the Bleed, and it is run poorly. And God damn, do I wish BleedingControl.org or the National Stop the Bleed Foundation would listen to my show and so they could hear me say how fucking poorly that fucking program is run. Like so fucking poorly, I could literally shit a turd, <laughs> take shit on my finger and draw a business plan on the wall with shit, and it would be better than the fucking business plan of the <laughs> National Stop the Fucking Bleed Foundation. But you don't need to sh- illustrate that. You can just yeah, tell us that, that you can do that. That's how fucking terrible I think that organization is. Now, with that being said, you know what they charge us for certifications? Nothing. They charge nothing. What does that tell you? Because they're not required by insurance. They're not required by OSHA. They're not required by MSHA. They're not required by anybody, so it doesn't cost anything. But as soon as you require something, then there's got to be an associated cost. How long do you think it's going to be before the government looks at a way to to profit from that? DOD is already doing it. The DOD is already coming down hard on people who are teaching DOD personnel Stop the Bleed programs. It's a big conversation I was having this past week with a couple of other instructors that I greatly respect around the country who feel the same sentiment about my shit on the wall business plan. So <clears throat> it's, a, it's, it's not long down the future before they will replace or add to some kind of bullshit certification price that we will then have to pay in order to certify people. And so with all of this, you look at it and go, okay, well, why does it need to cost this much? Well, let's just talk about organizations like the American Cross or the American Heart Association or any of these organizations that require us to have these certs. Why did it take them over a decade to accept tourniquets, wound packing, things like that? The American Heart Association just accepted tourniquets into their programs just a few years ago. Same with the American Red Cross. Why did it take so long, even after the, the Stop the Bleed campaign was a nationally known campaign? It has nothing to do with, it has a lot to do, actually, I should say, 
with dogmatic doctors who have their heads up their fucking asses, who don't, who haven't been in an OR or an ER or any kind of trauma or field setting for decades if they've ever even been there. And then it also has to do with an intense, an intense amount of money. Because imagine that you're a certification organization that wants to change something. But you have millions of dollars wrapped up in printed material, posters, cards, quick reference pocket Training cards, certifications. Training certifications. Trained people literally all over the world that you've trained everybody. You have printed material saying tourniquets are bad, don't use them, or you'll lose the limb. And all of a sudden, the evidence comes out that says actually that's not been true. And it's actually never been true. It's only been true for a few decades in America because of the growth of the you know, medical industrial complex. But, you know, we have recorded instances of tourniquet application all the way back to ancient Egypt. And I think the reason why I'm thinking beyond that is because people were too fucking stupid to write. As soon as they could write, they started writing about shit like medicine because it was important for them to document those kinds of things so that they could save lives for generations to come. In their minds, they were the cutting edge, right? Yep. So literally at the almost the beginning of the freaking written word, we have tourniquet applications. But for a few decades in American history, we don't have it. Why? Oh, my God. It naturally just coincides, I guess, with the growth of the industrial medical complex and all these certification required programs that require people to have a certification, that require people to pay money in order to be an EMT, to pay money to be a paramedic. You have to pay money to be an NRA instructor. Who says you can't you, – you're not allowed to be a medic. Like sometimes people be like, well, are, are you know – well." You have to be a paramedic to be called a medic. Who fucking said that? Who fucking told you that? Oh, the government? Oh, the same government you don't trust? Dude, you cannot pick and choose your allegiances. You either believe that the government is this righteous organization that's all-knowing, all-doing, and all-well, or you don't believe that. And so when you require certifications for people, what you're telling me is, you require an organization to tell me whether or not it's okay for me to save a life. It's one of the ways we start the majority of our medical courses. I tell people, you don't need anyone's permission to save anybody's life. You don't need a certification to save anybody's life. You don't need anyone to tell you it's okay to save anyone's life. And anyone, even a medical professional who tells you otherwise, is a fucking money-whoring, soul-sucking fucking sellout. And that is it. And that is the same shit we run into with, like, our invasive trauma class. We have amazing instructors on our staff who have more experience than most of these fucking faggot-ass paramedics who run around on these fucking forums who've been a paramedic for a couple of years in some urban setting and think they have tons of experience. I have trauma docs who back me up. 20, 30, 40-year fucking trauma docs. The head of the National Stop the Bleed Foundation backs me up, and I've told him about my shit on the wall fucking business plan. <laughs> The head, one, one of the main fucking members of COTCCC backs us up. I don't even need to show up anymore to these stupid idiot arguments to back us up anymore. People are already backing us up. I know what guns we bring to this fight. And I still have these faggot-ass little freaking paramedics and EMT show up going, I can't believe you guys are teaching IVs. Why? Why can't you believe that? Because you had to go to school to learn it because you're too fucking stupid to learn it outside of that or too poor to fucking take a class that would teach you otherwise. So you went to fucking medic school and wasted a bunch of time learning a bunch of stupid shit so you could do go fucking do a minimum wage job. Or you can't do any of that stuff Well, you anyway. can't fucking do any of that shit anyway. <laughs> like, don't fucking come at me because our life paths mm. are different. Cool, go do your fucking life path, dude. But don't shit on me because we're choosing to teach regular people life-saving fucking skills. I can't tell you how many times over the years people have shit on me for that. Fucking come to a class and prove Adele wrong. I fucking challenge anyone on the interwebs anywhere to come to a class and prove Adele Lopez wrong on anything. That has to fucking do with medicine. This guy was saving lives when most of these people weren't even a thought in their dad's balls. 
Most of these guys weren't even sucking mama's tit when Adele was saving fucking lives in other fucking countries. The guy was literally one of the founding people for TCCC, and you're going to tell me you know more than him. Go ahead and come to invasive trauma interventions and to Adele's face, tell him he's wrong. First of all, he's fucking huge, so go ahead and come here and tell him (laughs) he's fucking wrong. Second of all, let's. I just. I. I would love to see that fucking conversation happen. <laughs> he will dismantle your brain with his fucking knowledge. Go ahead and fucking tell him he's wrong. <laughs> For that fucking intensive purpose, tell Ben he's wrong. When Ben teaches it, tell Ben he's wrong. The guy lives and breathes medicine. Tell him he's wrong. The guy has military awards for saving people's lives in the worst possible fucking circumstances using some of the most advanced medical concepts available currently in field medicine. Tell him he's wrong. So when it comes to medicine, it's like certifications are bullshit. And the only people who care about them is the government and insurance organizations, which are, for all intents and purposes, the government. And the only reason they do care about them is because it's a moneymaker for them. They could give a crap if, it, it. if the, if the <clears throat> information's outdated, if the instructors are any good. I mean, when we go and teach this, teach our stuff, and they just came from a CPR thing, or they, you know, we hear the we hear the stories. It's always fucking stupid. Oh, it's it's a, yeah, it's an absolute joke. <clears throat> Unless the instructor is wearing yoga pants <clears throat> and she's cute, then at least there's that. But that is that. true. We did have a corporate client who was like, yeah, we don't learn anything in CPR, but God damn those yoga pants. That was pretty much, that was like all we got from feedback of these clients. And they're just like, yoga pants girl? Oh yeah, yoga pants girl was hot. It's like, what'd you guys learn in the CPR class? They're like, uh, was she teaching something? <laughs> Great ass. What? That's what you guys learned? But then they walk out of our stuff and they're like, holy shit. Yeah. And we, and we're not offering some great certification. You tell them that. You're like, hey, this is no certification program. I just did the math, right? (laughs) So we just bid on a contract to do some of this level of training for one of our clients. This contract represents for the certification organization, I'm being intentionally vague here, a $72,000 investment. If we do this contract, now, even if we don't get the contract, let's say, and someone else gets the contract, either way, it doesn't matter who gets the contract. The The contract to teach this organization is annually $72,000 in certification costs. That's it. They're just going to get $72,000 per year in certification costs, which costs them nothing. And they allow people to teach garbage. And the instructors, if you've ever met most of these people, are basically just taught how to teach the material. I've been through these certification courses. I don't care what it is. USCCA, NRA, American Red Cross, American Heart Association, a variety of other stupid, silly little fucking certs I had to get for one dumb reason or another. All of them are the same. You will meet people in class where you're like, dude, you shouldn't be teaching anyone. First of all, you're stupid. Second of all, you can't fucking talk for shit. Third of all, what in the fuck are knowledge base are you drawing from and they're not none of those things what they're being taught is by the certification organization how to teach that stuff so it's like teach a b and c what if someone asks about e what the fuck did i just say teach a b c d you don't teach e what if someone asks about c a you don't fucking talk about c a or b one you don't Talk about that shit. You teach A, B, C, D. Your knowledge base ends there. You don't need to know anything beyond that. Try to talk to the majority of these people. You know, we had a conversation with one of the CPR instructors. One of our corporate clients was teaching a CPR class. We showed up teaching a trauma class. In fact, you were teaching uh, wound packing. And I stepped out to, like, mix the fake blood or whatever. And they were across the hallway. You know where I'm yep. talking about. Yeah. They were yeah. across the hallway teaching a CPR class and they were done and the instructor came out and they're like, oh, are you guys teaching the trauma class? And I'm like, yeah, we teach trauma class. And I'm like, oh yeah, you know, you're teaching the CPR class. Yeah, you were teaching CPR class. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, I was watching guys do CPR. You're like, are you aware of the new CPR mandates? You know what I mean? Like, are you familiar with like chest compressions only? Are you familiar with, you know, some of these other concepts about, you know, moving patients and stuff like that? You'd have thought I was literally 
If I'd have turned and talked to, I was literally standing next to the vending machine. If I'd have turned <laughs> and had a fucking conversation with the Coca Cola vending machine, I would have got the same amount of intelligence and, and fucking involvement as if I would have turned and asked the fucking Coca Cola vending machine what it thought about the new fucking CPR mandates. <laughs> but you would have got a frosty beverage. But I could have at least got a goddamn Coca Cola <laughs> out of the fucking deal. In this case, all I got was a waste of my time and I had to talk to a stupid person. You know what I'm like talking to this person. I'm like, you don't fucking know any of this shit. And they're just like, no, yeah. I don't think about this. It's more government overreach. It's more government control. It's all about money. And the stuff that really matters isn't getting taught. Because if you look at the percentages, which I don't know if this is even part of what you're going to get into, of how much CPR even works in the real world. And if you're adding rescue breasts, you're talking about CPR rescue breasts has a national save rate of 4%. Chest compressions only is a national save rate of about 46%. So if like if for people who are still teaching rescue breasts, I'm like, why are you still teaching that? Oh, it's because I've told you to teach it. Yeah. Not because you understand how any of this works or that you give a shit to learn anything beyond what you were taught to teach. And now you're passing this information on to people and they're not saving people. Well, and we quite, when we go in and we teach our trauma class and CPR <laughs> comes up, we ask them, what were you taught? We ask them, hey, were you taught this? Were you taught that and we ask why, no, nobody has any answers. And it's always a dice roll, too. Like, all the different places we teach who, like, have other people come in and teach, like, basic CPR stuff, they'll bring us in to teach trauma, someone else to teach their basic shit. It's always the same shit. Or, I mean, it's always different shit. Every – we train so many different companies, and all of them are different. They're like, well, this guy taught us this. Well, this lady taught us this. Well, this lady was a nurse. And, like, well, what kind of nurse was she? Was she a fucking intake nurse? <laughs> was she a fucking desk nurse? Yeah. Was she a trauma nurse? Was she an ED nurse? Was she a flight nurse? Was she a nurse with real world experience? Was she an army nurse? Like, tell me what kind of nurse she was. Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Because again, we're all taught through the government. Nurses, doctors, paramedics, they'll save your life. You have to be these people if you want to save life. No, you fucking don't. You don't have to be one of these people to save lives. And understand, I'm not saying nurses, doctors, and paramedics aren't needed. I'm just saying quit holding them up on some fucking pedestal like they are all that there is. Because they're not. You. You as the first responder. You as the primary caregiver. You as the person who is there when whatever happens, happens. Are the most important responder that there is. And you don't need anyone's permission. And you don't need anyone's authority. And you don't need a certification to go and save somebody's life. Just training. You just need training. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. I have to get going to another thing. I apologize to our listeners because I would love to rant more, but it's time for Fitness Moment with Drew. And he's out of beer. I also don't have a beer currently, but it is time for Fitness Moment with Drew. <laughs> um, today, what I have for you guys is results don't come overnight. So if you are trying to either gain weight or – I'm sorry, not gain weight, gain muscle, or if you're trying to lean out, it's not going to be something that you work out for a week and then <clears throat> you see instant results right away. So this stuff does take time, and typically you're really not going to see that many results within, I would say, probably six weeks or so. And that might even be like maybe you'll see some pounds on the scale, but really you got to keep pushing and you'll see results within, I would say within six months you should, should see the results you're going after. All right, so Fitness Moment with Drew brought to you by MRC, McKellar Running Club, Phoenix, meeting on Monday nights at Chupacabra, 637? 7. 7. And Wednesday nights at Dad's Eatery in Scottsdale at 630. Remember, you can bring us out to train with you. Get hosting information via email. Info at trainingaz.com is how you can get a hold of us. Same way, like if you, you know, you want to share your ideas with us, you grossly disagree or agree or you just want to talk to us about something, feel free to email us anytime. Info at trainingaz.com. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook as The Arms Room Show. Independence Training, MRC Phoenix, and the PMA Dynasty, Dynasty <laughs> oh my God. of Scottsdale, Peoria, and Gilbert. All right. We are proud members of the Heroes Media Group. Next week, we're going to have our good friend Mark from Arizona Machine Gun Ordinance in the studio talking with us about recent events and why you might not be as prepared as you think you are. And I will warn you guys, Mark hit me up 
earlier this week and was like, dude, I'm thinking about doing a podcast episode with you guys where I just want to like rant about why people aren't as prepared as they think they are. You and I was like, fill this place full of tecate. bro, <laughs> I'm in. So it didn't take me long to long to, for him to convince me of that. So we're, we're excited to have Mark uh, in the studio next week from Arizona Machine Gun Ordnance. Until then, stay aware, stay safe, and train hard. You've been listening to The Arms Room. <laughs>